8. If the others, but owing to the heavy weight of the head ornaments they have to carry, they will be tired sooner than the others. The dancing party enter the village at the entrance and, walking backwards, directly after they have entered the village they, still having their backs to it, begin to beat their drums, after doing which for a short time they turn round, and the dancing begins. The dancers beat their drums whilst dancing, but neither they nor the other people sing during the actual dancing. There are, however, intervals in the dancing not the mere rest intervals, such as they had in Mako, and which they also had in Mafulu, but intervals which are themselves an actual part of the dance, and during these intervals the drums are not being beaten, and the dancers and the other people, hosts, guests, men and women, all sing. I shall have something more to say about dancing generally later on, at a subsequent stage the skulls and bones with which the dancers have been decorated, including those which have fallen from the burial platform, are all again hung up among the other skulls and bones on the big posts. Tenth, this is the stage at which occur various other ceremonies, which, though themselves quite distinct from that of the big feast, and performed, often several of them together, when there is no big feast, are also, some or all of them, generally or always introduced into it, as being a convenient occasion for them. The ceremonies in question are those connected with the assumption of the perennial band, admission to the amon and the giving of the right to carry a drum and dance, that of nose-piercing, and that on the devolution of chieftainship. The nose-piercing ceremony has already been described, the others will be dealt with later. Eleventh, next comes the general distribution among the guests of the vegetables and fruits, including all those which have been hung up and displayed, as above described, and the in-fruit, prepared in two ways and maleage fruit, every male guest who has joined in the real dance island speaking generally, entitled to have a share, though sometimes, where there are two or three members of one family, shares may be given to one or two of them only, instead of to each, the chiefs of the community giving the feast work together in carrying out the distribution, the various things are collected into a number of heaps about the village, the number of heaps corresponding to the number of portions to be distributed, and each heap contains something of everything, excluded from these heaps, however, are the in-seeds which have been put on strings and preserved separately, as before explained, for these are erected stakes about 10 feet high, round which the strings of seeds are twined, the number of these stakes is less than the number of heaps, because they are only planted near to the heaps which contain none of the in-fruit prepared the other way, so that each dancing guest gets some of this fruit, done in either one way or the other. Then the chiefs of the host's community stand round one of the heaps and shout wildly, calling upon the recipient. This may be done by name, or it may in the case of a chief be done by the name of a spot, say a mound or hollow, adjoining the village from which he comes. Here, again, priority is given first to chiefs, and next to important personages. The man so called upon comes running forward with his wife or another woman, picks up his vegetables and fruit, and runs back again with them. Then the chiefs go on to another heap, and again afterwards to the others, one by one, going through the same process in each case, until everything has been distributed. Some of the women then go back to their own villages, carrying with them a portion of the food which has been given to their husbands, but leaving the rest with the latter. Sometimes some of the guest men go home also, but anyone who is proposing to a return to the village of the feast must leave some of his food, or bring food on his return as no more will be given to him. Twelfth, the next stage is the collection of the village pigs. This may take some time, as many of them are running about in the bush, 
and have to be caught, and some of them have been adjusted out as above mentioned, and have to be fetched. This may involve a delay of a week or ten days, during which most or all of the guests remain, sleeping in their guest houses at night, and perhaps roaming about among other villages in the neighborhood by day. During this interval there is neither singing nor dancing. Thirteenth, the village pigs are all brought in alive, and placed under the houses of the village, each pig having its legs tied up and being tied to the house. When all is ready, the chief of the clan announces that the killing of the pigs will take place on the following morning. Fourteenth, the next morning all the people, both hosts and guests, are in the village to watch the pig killing, and people from other communities, who are not guests, and will not receive any pig, come to. The pigs are brought out one by one, and killed by hitting them on the head with clubs or adzes or anything else. This is not a chief's duty. There is a man who is the recognized pig killer, and who, as already stated, will probably be a man of some position, though not either a chief or a sub-chief. Where there are many pigs, as at the big feast, there will be a number of other men helping him. Each pig is killed on the site of the burial platform which has been cut down. As the pigs are killed, their bodies are carried away and placed on the ground in a row, commencing at the end of the village enclosure, and forming a central line along it, and it is usual also to place upon the row of dead pigs a continuous line of long thin poles, laid end to end, which are afterwards kept tied to the amount as a record of the total length of the line of pigs, and thus of the number of pigs killed. The number of pigs killed is generally very large in proportion to the size of the community giving the feast much more so than is the case in the villages of Mako and the coast. It may be anything from 50 to over 100, in fact at a recent feast given by a community of seven villages, having between them about a hundred houses, they killed 135 pigs. Some chiefs of the host's community then take some of the bones not skulls from the big posts, and dip them into the mouths of the pigs, from which the blood is flowing. They have been seen to dip one bone into several pigs, there does not appear to be any method of selection of the bones to be dipped. They then touch with the bones which have been so dipped the skulls and all the other bones on the posts, which include the skulls and other special bones of all the chiefs and members of their families and other prominent people buried in and by the villages of the community since the last previous big feast was held there. After this all the bones are again hung up on the posts. I may say here in advance that, when the feast is over, all the bones are removed from the posts, and, the ceremony as regards those bones having been performed, they will never again be the subject of ceremonial observance. They, or some of them, may be hung up in the imone, but if so it is known that they are not to be used again for ceremonial purposes, or they may be put in a box in a tree, or hung up on a tree, not necessarily of the special species used for burying, or they may be simply flung away anywhere in the bush, whilst the bodies of the slain pigs lie in a line, and before the cutting up, it is the duty of each man who has had a pig fed up for him to pay the man who has done so. The payment probably being a string of dog's teeth, or head feather ornaments. Next, the host set to a work to cut up the pigs. This is not done by a chief or special person, nor is there any ceremony connected with it. Each pig is cut into seven parts, namely, one the head, two five the four legs, six the bowels and internal parts, and seven the back and sides. I was told that each part of each pig is destined for a certain person, as arranged beforehand. It follows that, if there are, say, 100 pigs, there are 700 predestined pieces, which are known and remembered, though there are no means of recording them. It is difficult to believe the truth of this, but I was assured that it was correct. 
The pieces of each pig are placed on banana leaves, by the side of the spot where the body had lain, and all the pieces are distributed among the male guests. Everybody who has given a pig knows the length of each part of it, though he could not express it in numerals. Each male guest has a piece given to him, which, if the feast be a return feast, will correspond in some way, which I could not understand, with what he had himself provided at the previous feast. But dancers receive larger and better portions than do mere singers. People who have fed up pigs for members of the host's community also receive portions. In the distribution of pig each man is called in turn as before, and in the same order of priority, and runs up and gets his piece of pig, and runs back with it, but in this case he is not accompanied by a woman. Fifteenth, the feast is now over, and all the guests return to their homes, taking away with them everything that has been given to them. Sixteenth, the village has, however, to undergo a process which I may perhaps call purification, as soon as possible after the guests have gone. The men of the community go off into the bush and capture wild pigs, for which purpose they may have to hunt for three or four days, or even for a week or more. They must have at least one pig, and they generally have two or more, even up to six. When caught, the pigs are brought alive into the village, and are killed upon the site of the cut-down burial platform. This being done by the pig killer, the pigs are then cut up and eaten by the members of the villages of the community, those of the village itself eating their portions there and those of the other villages taking their portions away and eating them in their own villages, except as regards the killing of the pigs on the site of the grave. The whole performance appears to be quite informal. After the eating of the pigs, perhaps on the same day, or if, as is probable, the feast lasts until late in the evening, then on the next day, the women of the village clear away the filthiness of blood and garbage by which the village enclosure is filled, and sweep the enclosure from end to end with branches of trees. Then the bulk of the villagers leave the village and go off into the gardens and the bush for a period of about six months. The feast has denuded the village of food, including even sweet potatoes, to which they have had no time to attend during the period before the feast, and which have been used up in the feeding of the village pigs required for it. New gardens are needed, and therefore new bush has to be cut down, and the land must be cleared and planted with various things, and especially with sweet potato. For this purpose it is requisite or usual for them to build temporary houses on the scene of their labors, in which the people live. The old people, however, remain in the village, as do also some of the younger ones, who have to tend the gardens close to it. At the end of the period they all return, and village life goes on as usual. What the idea in the native mind may be concerning what I have called the purification of the village is a matter upon which I was unable to find any clue beyond what may be suspected from the actual facts of the proceeding, but I think it probably has a superstitious origin. Although in theory all the village pigs have been killed and given to the guests at the big feast, there are always some left wandering in the bush, which have not been caught. These pigs are, however, never used in the purification ceremony, in which they always kill wild pigs only. It has been suggested to me that a reason for this may be that, if they killed village pigs, they would thereby advertise the fact that they had not killed and distributed all their village pigs at the big feast, but this hardly seems to be a satisfactory explanation. It clearly falls to the ground as regards present intent if, as I was told, there always is an unkilled residue of village pigs after a big feast. The practice of killing wild pigs only would seem to associate itself with the fact that pigs killed at this ceremony are eaten in the village itself, 
for there seems to be no doubt that among the Mafula people village pigs are never eaten in their own village on ceremonial occasions, and indeed it seems doubtful whether they are ever eaten there at all. In fact, it appears to be a general custom in connection with all ceremonial feasts to which outside guests are invited, to kill village pigs only at the feast, and for these to be given to the guests to be eaten by them in their own villages, and afterwards to have a second feast, to which outside guests are not invited and at which wild pigs are killed, and eaten by the villagers themselves within the village. The pig killing is generally, and perhaps always, done in the morning. It is thought by the Mafulu fathers of the mission as regards the subsequent partial desertion of the village that, although it is only partial, and although there is a practical reason for it, it is based upon superstition, and is regarded by the people as being a formal leaving of the village, pending its complete purification. Plates 67 to 70 are reproductions of four photographs which Father Clauser was good enough to give me. The two former ones having been taken at the big feast held in the village of Amalala in the year 1909 and the two latter prior to and at a big feast held in the village of Siluku, I have thought it better to avoid the insertion of frequent, and perhaps somewhat confusing, references to these plates in the body of my notes upon the feast, and to take the plates separately drawing attention to what appear to be points of interest in them. Plate 67 represents the scene at Amalala immediately prior to or during the general distribution of vegetables and fruits and heading 11, a comparison of the scene with the village in its normal condition, as shown in plates 56 and 57, gives some idea of the very extensive and elaborate preparations which are made for the feast. On the right-hand side are seen some view platforms, and beyond them on the same side is a normal house. Here and there are the big posts surrounded with bamboo stems. Notice these posts denuded of their bamboo appendages still remaining in the village enclosure as shown in plates 56 and 57. Some of the vegetables are seen still hanging upon these post clusters, and near the base of two of them are seen the sheaves of croton leaves. There are apparently no skulls and bones upon the posts seen in the plate, but possibly the ray hanging of these had not been attended to when the photo was taken or perhaps they have been suspended to other posts not shown in the photograph. Upon the ground are the heaps of vegetables, and close to some of these are the stakes round which are twine strings of seeds of the impandanus. Plate 68 is a photograph taken after the subsequent pig killing, and shows the pig's bodies lying in a row along the center of the village enclosure, with the measuring line of poles placed above them. It will be noticed that the elaborate view platforms have been cleared away but that the bamboo stems have not yet been removed from their central posts. Plate 69 represents a scene at Siluka prior to a big feast then about to be held. The view platforms had not yet been erected, but the post clusters have been erected, and the yams and croton leaves have been hung upon them. In the center of the village enclosure is the chief's grave platform, which will be cut down during the festivities in the way above described. The bones of the chief are in the box-like receptacle at the top of the structure and the receptacle rather further down underneath the other one contains the bones of a chief's child. Plate 70 shows five men at the Siluku feast with full dancing ornaments, including the great feather head ornaments. One of them has donned a piece of European calico, and the one to the extreme right appears to have done the same. These would doubtless be regarded as highly decorative additions. A few long thin dancing ribbons can be seen hanging from their belts. The elaborate carved turtle, Shell ornament hanging over the breast of the man to the left is certainly not of Mafulu make, and has probably come from the coast. I never saw anything like it when I was at Mafulu. The two boys in front are holding the ornament of elaborately prepared strings of feathers hung upon a stick, 
and worn by dancers on their backs, and into which the best feathers are generally put. Chapter IX Some Other Ceremonies and Feast Ceremony on Birth There is no ceremony on the birth of a child, except in the case of the firstborn of a chief. On this occasion the women of a neighboring community are invited, they come in their full dancing ornaments, and armed in both hands with spears and either clubs or adzes, they rush into the village, first to the chief's house and then to his own, and at each of these they make a warlike demonstration, actually hurling their spears at the buildings with such force that the spears sometimes go through the thatch of the roof, then follows a distribution of vegetables among the visitors, after which one, two, or three village pigs are killed under a chief's burial platform or on the site of a past one, cut up in the ordinary way, as at the big feast, given to the visitors and taken away by them, and the ceremony is over, there is no singing, ceremony on assumption of perennial band, the ceremony is performed for both boys and girls, and usually for several at one time, the children are heavily adorned with ornaments, consisting, as a rule, chiefly of dog's teeth, which are hung round their necks, or over their foreheads, and they usually have belts of dog's teeth round their waists. Any persons may decorate the children. Prior to the ceremony a number of box-like receptacles are erected in the village by the children's relatives, there being one receptacle for each child for whom the ceremony is to be performed. These receptacles are made with upright corner poles 8 or 10 feet high, boxed in with cross pieces of wood up to a height of 5 or 6 feet. In these receptacles are put yams and taro. Upon their upright poles are hung bananas and upon their cross pieces of wood are hung lengths of sugar cane, all this being done by the families of the children. Guests are invited from some other community or communities. There is a dance, in which only people from outside communities take part. A village pig must be provided by the family of each child. Each of these pigs is killed by the pig killer under a chief's platform grave, or, if no such platform then exists upon the site of one, and is cut up, before the cutting up, however, the child in each case stands upon the body of the pig, and whilst he so stands he is dressed with a feather ornament put over his head, but which, instead of being tied up in the usual way at the back of the head, is left with the ends hanging down over his shoulders, the putting on of this ornament is not a chief's duty, but is done for each child by a certain person who has bought the pig from that child's family. Plate 71 shows a little girl upon whom the perennial band ceremony has just been performed. She has a string of dog's teeth over her forehead, and a belt of dog's teeth round her waist, an enormous crescent shell ornament, some long pigtails, and on her head is the feather ornament, which hangs down at the sides over her shoulders. Plate 72 is a scene taken at the feast held in connection with the performance of the ceremony upon her and some other children. I could not find out who the person who buys the pig and performs the ceremony would ordinarily be, nor what motive he has for buying and paying for a pig which is about to be killed and cut up and distributed amongst other people, and I am convinced that there must be something further behind the matter, which I have been unable to ascertain. I may say that, knowing that among the rural and Mako people a brother or other male relative of the child's mother takes a prominent part in the perennial band ceremony being the recipient of the dog or pig which is killed, and the person who puts the band upon the boy. I specially inquired as to any similar relationship on the part of the person who buys the pig and performs the ceremony among the Mafulu, but I could find no trace of anything of the sort, nor, as already stated, could I find any system of service being rendered by a boy to his maternal uncle, such as exists among the Koita, nor anything in the nature of the Koitahani ceremony. 
described by Dr. Seligman. It will be seen that this purchasing of the pig by a person who takes a prominent part in the ceremony affecting an individual appears in other ceremonies of that nature among the Mafulu. Following this performance there is a general distribution among the people, including both visitors and members of the village, of the various vegetables and fruits, and among the visitors only of the portions of village pig. The vegetables are eaten then and there, but the visitors take away the pig for eating in their own villages. The actual putting on by the child of his perennial band is done afterwards without further ceremony. The same ceremony is observed in the case of the son or daughter of a chief, except that in this case the child is more fully decorated. The family give two or more pigs, there are more visitors, and the whole ceremony is on a larger scale, also that, after the performance of standing on the dead pig and receiving the feather ornament, the child is placed standing on a platform, which may be only five or six feet high but maybe as much as 15 feet, though no further ceremony appears to be performed whilst it is on that platform. If children of ordinary people undergo the ceremony at the same time as a chief's child, they apparently stand on the platform also. When the ceremony is performed at a big feast, it is substantially the same as that above described, subject to certain variations, which almost naturally arise from the change of conditions. There is no special dancing. As distinguished from the dancing program of the big feast, the vegetable food provided will be included in the general stock, so that the people of the village will not share in it, and the ceremony of standing on the pig is postponed till a later day, and on that day, the child, having worn his special ornaments, other than the feather ornament, at the big feast, will not again wear them when he stands on the pig, though his feather ornament is put upon him on that later day. It may be mentioned that this perennial band ceremony and all the other ceremonies relating personally to both children and adults, if not performed at a big feast, may be performed together, the people concerned in each ceremony being taken more or less in batches, and indeed this generally is so, but in that case each class of ceremony would be performed separately, one person may have more than one ceremony performed for him on the same occasion but if so a separate pig must be provided in respect of each of these ceremonies, and there must be a separate receptacle and a separate supply of food in respect of each of them, though it does not follow that the total amount of food to be provided, other than pig, is proportionately increased, at a subsequent date there will be a purification ceremony, at which a wild pig or pigs will be killed and eaten by the villagers, though, if the perennial band ceremony has taken place during a big feast, the purification ceremony in connection with the latter will be the only one to take place. There is no system of seclusion of either boys or girls on attaining puberty, or in connection with initiation, or on attaining a marriageable age, nor is there any initiation ceremony, or wearing of ceremonial masks, or use of bulrars. The custom by which chiefs children, when assuming the perennial band, are made to stand on a platform reminds one, however, of the Hood Peninsular custom for girls to stand on a Dubai platform for the initiation ceremony, as referred to by Dr. Seligman. Ceremony on admission to Imon. Both boys and girls must undergo a ceremony before being allowed to enter the Imon. It generally takes place when they are two, three, or four years old. The preliminary decoration of the child is similar to that adopted for the perennial band ceremony, except that, if the child has lost either of its parents, this decoration is omitted, the erection of receptacles and provision of food and pigs, and the invitation of guests and dancing, and the killing of the pigs are the same as in the case of the other ceremony, also each child has to stand on the pig which his people provide for him, 
Their island however, no putting on of a feather ornament, but instead of it the following performance takes place, each child has been carried by its mother or father or other relative, but is taken from that person by the man who has bought the pig. This man places the child on the dead pig, then he immediately picks the child up again, and runs with it to one of the amon, upon the platform of which two rows of men are sitting, and hands it to the man at the end of one of the rows. The child is then rapidly passed from hand to hand along that row, and then along the other row, after which it is returned to its carrier, who runs with it to the other amon, on which also two rows of men are sitting, and where a similar performance takes place. During all this performance there is much shouting and calling out to the child carrier to hurry. Finally, when the child is again handed back to this man, he returns it to its parents, and the ceremony is finished. The ceremony in the case of a chief's child seems to be the same as that for other children, the platform business of the perennial band ceremony being apparently omitted in this case. If the ceremony is performed at a big feast, the variations are substantially similar to those of the perennial band ceremony, and in particular the placing of the child on the pig, and the running with it to the amon, are postponed to a later date. The observations as to the subsequent purification in connection with the perennial band ceremony apply to the ceremony also. It will be noticed that girls are included in this admission to the amon. When a girl has undergone the admission ceremony she has free entry into the amon except that she must not sleep there until she formally receives her perennial band, upon which her permission to enter the amon ceases. Ceremony conferring right to use drum and dance. The ceremony also applies to both boys and girls but I omitted to ascertain the age at which it usually occurs. It is similar to the perennial band ceremony, except that the child is dressed in dance ornaments though not the fullest formal dance ornaments, until we reach the stage of standing on the pig, and putting on of the feather ornament, which is omitted, and, instead of it, the person who has bought the pig places the child upon it, and then for a short time beats a drum, after which he gives the drum to the child, who also beats it, and then returns it to him. I cannot say whether in this case there is any variation of the ceremony as regards a chief's child, but I do not think there is. Here again I believe that, when the ceremony takes place at a big feast, the variations are similar to those above described, and in particular the standing on the pig and drum beating are postponed. The observations as to the subsequent purification in connection with the perennial band ceremony apply to this one also. Ceremony on devolution of chieftainship when chieftainship devolves on the death of a chief to his successor. There is no ceremony connected with the devolution, when a chief resigns in his lifetime. However, there is a ceremony. There does not appear to be a special dance and feast connected with this, it being always tacked on to some other ceremony or group of ceremonies. This particular ceremony does not, in fact, begin until after the pig killing. The retiring chief will have provided one or more pigs for the purpose of his ceremony, and these will have been killed with the others. He addresses the people and tells them that he is giving up his office and transferring it to his successor, but in doing so he says nothing about that successor's title to succeed, that being always known and recognized. He then sits on his pig, and hands to his successor a bamboo knife, such as is used for the cutting up of pigs. The successor, having received the knife, takes the place of the retiring chief on the pig, and tells the people that he accepts the office of chief, after which he goes round to all the pigs which are there in connection with all the various ceremonies to be gone through, one after another, and in each case makes with the knife just given to him a small slit at the end of the mouth of each pig, 
This act is regarded as a performance by the new chief of a chief's office, and, as under present customs the killing of the pig is commonly done by the pig killer, and the cutting of it up is done by anybody, one is tempted to wonder whether the ceremony points to some chief's duty of the past, which has ceased to exist, or to some unknown origin of the status of the pig killer. Ceremony on building of a new imone. The usual occasion for the building of a new imone is an impending big feast. But an existing imone in the village being out of repair, or there being then no true imone in the village, but imone are built at other times also. The actual building of the imone is carried out by the whole clan without ceremony, but when it is finished they erect tall slender straight stem tree poles, passing through the roof of the imone, and to these they tie bunches of croton leaves. When the imone is being built in anticipation of a big feast, these poles are like, and in fact are part of the series of the poles erected for the purpose of the feast. As above described, croton leaves are also attached to poles after the repairing of an existing imone. In the case of a new imone, after its completion they light a fire in it, and in that fire cook a wild pig, vegetable food is provided, and the clan, including members of the village and of other villages, had a little clan feast of the vegetables, followed by a cutting up and distribution of the pig. But there is no dancing. Chapter X Matrimonial and Sexual A boy is regarded as having reached a marriageable age at about 16, 17, or 18, and the age for a girl is a few years younger. They do not as a rule marry before they have received their perineal behavior.